Hello, horror fans. Welcome back to Selling the Scream. I'm Jed Donaldson, just one of your hosts. With me today, as usual, is a man who, well, I said it last week and I will stand by it, is basically a more fuckable Charlie Brown, Josh Yoakum. Uh, okay, that's what we're going with. Um, all right. Uh, I, I mean, like zapped. I said, <laughs> we we are doing a, uh, a a series. This is part part two of three of our of our uh, summer in the Crampton. So I guess maybe that's just a running theme uh, theming theme with this. Maybe uh, I mean maybe... it's it's stick <laughs> until I get tired of it, or until someone tells me to stop. Uh, anyone tells anyone? <laughs> I mean. If this is what it takes to get someone to interact with us on Twitter or shoot us an email, <laughs> I'm just hey. throwing stuff at the wall now. <laughs> well, we'll get we'll get to that part at the end. So uh, yeah, we're uh, do you want you want to talk a little bit about uh, what we do here and then? Uh, yeah, we um we do stuff. Okay. I think actually I think what I want to do now is uh, talk about is there anything going on? What what have we done since last time we recorded? Um, let's see. Um, I live in Portland. It's July 2020. Um, oh, so you're, you're done. That's all you got to say. Not, nothing, nothing really too interesting. Nothing, nothing sparking interest, I think. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of a, I, I you know, I, I think we touched on it maybe like on another episode, but we're, we're, we're bi-coastal now. I just moved, mm-hmm. uh, during Corona and now during, uh, the, the civil unrest that's, going on i'm kind of right right in the heart of it but uh yeah that's we're, we're we're doing that um trying to stay uh stay sane do what i do what i can to help out which is ex- extremely little but trying to do what i can <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's uh, it's uh, it's a real nightmare out there i <laughs> yeah. i'm you say it by coastal i'm not quite on the coast over in cincinnati yeah. um, coastal coastal midwestal <laughs> <laughs> coastal ish yeah. So we don't have nearly that degree of stuff going on out here, but I I do worry sometimes <laughs> that you are basically right at ground zero, and it seems like it's only going to get worse before it gets any better. Yeah. And no guarantee of that happening. Uh, who knows? But by, by, by the time this episode releases, uh, what what other treats 2020 has in store for us? Um, but maybe, yeah, other <laughs> maybe hornets will make a comeback. Yeah, that's that's what I'm. Uh... I'm, I'm rooting for, uh, you know, <laughs> um, other than that, uh, yeah, just been kind of enjoying, I, I know I'd kind of mentioned last time, some of the, the different like, um, movie distributors were having their, some of their, their sales and stuff. And I, I right. taken advantage of some of that. So watched, uh, a, a couple classics I'd never seen before. Uh, some, some, some ones I think might end up adding, <laughs> coming onto the list. Some, some real, some real bug out movies like, a. Like the Japanese house and um, nice, yeah. Um, or two. <laughs> um, but yeah, what 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 have you been up to? Oh yeah, on, on my end, uh, nothing. <laughs> I've been <laughs> I've been I've been catching up on a lot of reading. Um, I I may have said this on a previous podcast, reading a lot of garbage fantasy novels. Yeah. Uh, the most recent Dresden Files book came out, which I don't. I wouldn't qualify it as garbage, but it, it did just come out this past week, and I started reading that and enjoying it so nice. far. Um, I picked up Warframe on PlayStation again after about a year and a half of not playing it, and it's kind of sucking me back in to a degree that I was not really prepared for. Um, 
Yeah, that's those are the the kind of games that's like the kind of uh, online um, like raids, right? Like you're yeah, like mech suit type things that you can alter and you're... yeah, it's not not raidy so much. It's it's similar to Destiny in content where it's like space magic, yeah. you know that sort of stuff. Uh, they don't really have uh, big multiplayer content like that you would have to team up for. Um, <laughs> It, they it, they tend to express themselves more in the power fantasy aspect Got of it. a lot more. Where it's, I like to think of it, it kind of scratches that Dynasty Warriors itch. Okay. You're kind of your character is ridiculously overpowered and the enemies don't stand a chance, but you can do really cool shit. It is basically just trying to be as awesome as possible while killing as many things as can be on the screen. Cool. Um. So. Yeah, that's that's how nerdy I am. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I will. I. I profess my my love for Dynasty Warriors and in places where it is not welcome. So um, I, I get that just in public. It, yeah, in public. Yeah, <laughs> people not directly to the developers of of Dynasty Warriors. Um, yeah, I, those those type of games though, I always sound good to me in theory, and then I start playing them, and because I haven't been playing them from the start, I just immediately feel like a huge liability. <laughs> I, I will say that this game. Uh, and I don't, I really don't want to turn this into the Warframe podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's free. You start feeling powerful pretty quickly. I mean, oh. clear. If you spend time, maybe even money, if you want to spend some money on it, uh, you can accelerate that process. But I really like the loop that they have where you play and like you're, you're gaining materials and blueprints and stuff. And then you, when you're done with your play session, you go back to your ship you have your little uh, crafting station. You put the stuff in the crafting station that you earn during the day. That stuff crafts over a period of time, like 12 hours, 24 hours, depending on what it is. Yeah. So then, like, the next day you come back and you're like, oh, you got a whole bunch of new toys to play with. So yeah. I, I, that, that loop, I understand why some people be irritated about not being able to play with their new stuff right now. But it kinda, I kind of dig it where like, you've done what you want to do for the day, and then the next day you have new stuff to do. Hey, uh, Jed, you know how you were having issue a couple episodes back with, with any sentence I had that had young boys or young girls in it? Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of feeling that way about playing with your toys right now. That's, um... <laughs> All right, well, I'm not going to stop playing with my toys. Oh, oh Jesus. <laughs> Podcast. Um, yeah, just, so let's... Just keep it in mind. <laughs> playing with my toys while we're talking about this movie. So yeah, I'll we're uh, after we're done talking about this movie. <laughs> speaking speaking of the movies, this is a this is a horror movie podcast where where myself, a uh, lifelong fan and uh, obsessive idiot about horror movies, tries to uh, rope you into my obsession, and uh, you know I I I, I I'm kind of feeling my my oats these days because I think we're sitting at a. Eleven and three, or yeah, because this is this is episode fifteen. So I hate, um, hate, hate, hate <laughs> to boost your self confidence, but you have uh, you have done a solid job of picking stuff that has not immediately turned me off, and in fact, most of the time has been very enjoyable for me. I will say, I will say this to to take you down a little bit is that nothing that I've seen so far has made me what I would say a fan like i'm not like i I don't think i'm ready to go out there on my own and start watching a whole bunch of stuff but the the things i've watched that i said was good 
I enjoyed them. Okay. It's just yeah. I'm still not to the point where I'm seeking it out on my own. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that we'll we'll we're gonna we're gonna try to get you there. We're gonna see uh, on on this one. We are. I, I mentioned it before, but we're on uh on episode two of uh, our, our our guest last time. Uh, Clint Law helped us focus in on on what what our next couple episodes are going to be and he he chose to uh to keep uh movies starring barbara crampton and uh this right this, we're uh we're yeah. in that summer in the cramptons we're on we're on part two and part two is uh your next the uh the bill goldberg story <laughs> what, what what did you call it the other day when we were talking on the text you mumble gore mumble gore yes um yeah like that's that. That, that tickled me <laughs> I, I wish I could claim credit for that, but that is that is an actual uh, variation on <laughs> on on what this this genre is called. Um, so just just a little bit of background, like like we do here. Um, this movie was made in 2011, uh, played at a lot of festivals and stuff, got a distribution deal, and, and came out in theaters in 2013. Um, fairly low budget, about a, a little bit over a million dollars. Um, it had a pretty nice return on investment on that. I think I ended up making like around like 20 something. Right. Um, this movie was made by Adam Wingard, who um, he's made. I, I've found his record to be kind of spotty, but I, I do tend to like more than I um, dislike. He made um, the Death Note movie. He made um, the Blair Witch remake. Um, he made a movie that I really like that's on Netflix now called The Guest. That's a little bit more of like a like a thriller. Um, hold, hold on a second. Uh, you said the Blair Witch remake, which, if I remember correctly, you have some pretty strong opinions about. Uh, I think my hot take is not on the Blair Witch remake. My my hot take is on. Oh, Blair was it the se- it was sequel? Okay. <laughs> That's we'll we'll get there. Right. We'll get there. We will we will watch Blair Witch too because I I I think that is a. I, I don't want to say it's a great movie, but I think it's a misunderstood movie, and I think it's way better than people give it credit for. But um. Back back to to Adam Wingard. He's uh he's part of there's there's a lot of directors kind of all uh in the, in the same like tw- you know I, I think this mumblecore movement um started kind of like in the late 2000s early 2010s. Um, some of the people that you might know who are associated with it are. Um, Someone I find to be talented, but also just a, a kind of a garbage human being, uh, Lena Dunham from from Girls, and sure. um, who says various very stupid things on Twitter very often. I, I don't uh, have an opinion, but that is <laughs> that is an opinion I've heard expressed often. Yes. Um, uh, also, a lot of the people who are very big in that movement are in this movie. Um, Joe Swanberg, who plays the the oldest brother Drake. Um, yeah. He's uh, he's made some pretty good ones. He's made like Drinking Buddies, and there's a couple other. Um, he's very prolific, but he's almost kind of a little bit better known as being like an actor in a bunch of these people's movies and like kind of an advocate just for like this scene in general. Um, you've got Ty West who plays uh, Tariq, the, um, the the documentary filmmaker. Okay. Um, he he made probably my favorite horror movie in this genre, one called uh, House of the Devil. We will get to that because that movie is phenomenal. It's it's like one of my favorites of the past decade. Um, the, uh, the Amy, the younger sister, she's made a bunch of shorts, and she uh, Amy Simons is, is her name. Um, 
she's got one that's coming out really soon called she dies tomorrow that looks kind of interesting so this is like a lot of cannibalization of like the, these people all appear in each other's movies it's all um so this is like this is like a scene movie this is all the people who are a part of this yeah. thing are in and everybody it, else's stuff yeah and it tends to be um fair like the the filmmakers are all come from a like middle to upper class background they're all white um but it's it's very um naturalistic acting like a lot of the ones that aren't horror movies tend to be like um dramedies um use a lot of improv dialogue like a lot of um you know kind of shooting fast and cheap um sure. to, to turn around and, and make this stuff um another filmmaker who's in this one and one you might actually uh, know just from the video game world is um the it, the person who appears in our in our opening pre-credit scene the the older guy is Larry Fassenden. Um, he is a filmmaker who's um, I don't know if you remember from like blockbuster days. He made one called The Last Winter. I don't know if you remember like shelving that or anything, but he's got a couple other ones under his belt too that are pretty good. But you would probably know him as the uh, writer of Until Dawn. Um, that's, really? Like, that's all. That's all his stuff. So um, I'm I'm not familiar with any of his stuff. Uh, yeah. I don't. I don't remember that movie. the The game I'm aware of, but have not played. Got it. Yeah, he's he's another person who's sort of like Joe Swanberg, who's one who's kind of known for being like a mentor. Um, he's he's had a little bit of success, but really kind of not outside the genre. Like there's there's not a ton of people, mainstream people, who know him, but he's like helped a lot of people along and, and get stuff made. Like he's got sure. a production company and stuff. So um, this tight knit scene and um, Simon Barrett wrote this movie and he's written a bunch of um, Adam Wingard's movies and they wanted to do another horror movie. They did a couple other ones. Um, and Adam Wingard came to him and asked him to write a home invasion movie because he said that's pretty much the only type of horror movie that still like consistently scared him. Sure. Um, and it, I, I don't think this uh, is as crazy as some of the ones in this genre. I think just based on kind of knowing what you've said you want to watch <laughs> for this mm -hmm. show. There's a few movies like um, Martyrs and Funny Games that I don't think we'll ever get to. And if we did, it would probably be like pretty far down the line if you said like, hey, I've developed kind of a tolerance for this. I think they're both really great movies, but they are definitely more on that uncomfortable kind of bordering on torture porny side. I think they're I think they're valid movies that have a thing to say and it isn't just pointless, right. but they are hard to watch. Okay. Um, I don't think this one fits that category, but I think just that I, the idea in general of home invasion can be kind of challenging because it's like, I, it's, I want to say that this one almost particularly kind of towards the end was less, uh, less intense and almost yeah. geared into like home alone sort of territory. Yeah. That's, that's something I was going to kind of say. And I, I, I just from talking to you a little bit about it before we recorded this, I, I definitely realized that you picked up, I, I don't think it's that hard to pick up, but the, the, the comedy elements to this, mm -hmm. um, especially, I think the first act of this movie is very tense. And I think the sec, the act two and act three, there's still, it's still there's still scary stuff in it and there's still like 
gore and, and, and kind of crazy things going on. But it just amps up so much and gets so kind of yeah unrealistic and kind it, of cartoony that it like it is it, undeniably it it's undeniably a horror movie throughout yeah uh, but you'd have to be really uh, unobservant to not pick up the 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 humor that's coming through yeah um, I, I like to think that I have a good sense of humor um that I, this stuff was dark clearly but the humor is definitely here yeah um and then just just a you know kind of last thing before we actually get into kind of the meat of the movie itself since since this is our summer in the cramptons um this role was specifically written for barbara crampton as kind of like a um she had kind of retired from doing like a lot of movies she was doing like a little like some tv stuff um to raise her kids and this was sort of her comeback to like genre movies yeah there's a that that generation of filmmaker of you know filmmakers who grew up watching from beyond and reanimator and chopping mall and some of the other stuff that she'd been mm-hmm. in and you know kind of kind of welcomed her back and she's very active in that community too so um that that's that's kind of how her her role coming back into this so i, um, I kind of feel like i I don't want to say anything bad about her, but I feel, I feel like they don't they, you dare say anything. About they didn't use her very much in this movie. Like, I don't want to say that it was a waste of her being here, but they didn't give her a whole lot to do in here. Yeah. It's an ensemble piece. And I think she's one, I think she's probably, I mean, I'll give you, I'll, I'll give you a spoiler here. I'm not going to give the, the crispy to Barbara Crampton every time, but, um, <laughs> I would I, I, I would actually have to fight you on that one if you were <laughs> but um it'd be I, a hell I, of an I, argument <laughs> I, I think she really she does elevate this material a lot and I, even the limited amount that she's got to do in this um and I, and I think that um I think what she's really good at is kind of finding even in a character that's maybe doesn't have a whole lot. I I think she does a lot with it. I think even though she's not in a ton of scenes in this, you definitely get a sense of who she is and what the family like of the central family is like with her as a mother. Um, that, that, that part works for me really well. So, um, but let's just, let's just, let's just dive right in. We're, um, so just basic story on this. This is a home invasion movie. This is, um, a wealthy family heads up to a, to a, summer home that the, the, the parents have bought there. It's a, the, the dad's supposed to be working on it, but he hasn't really done anything with it yet. Um, it's, it's the wedding anniversary of the, of the parents. And there are, um, four children. They're all coming. They're all bringing their significant others, mm-hmm. um, to this, to this event. Um, the movie opens that we, we know it's a horror movie. There's a, we find later find out is the, the neighbor and his younger girlfriend both get killed by masked attackers. Um, the opening, um, I really was, this movie kind of impressed me out the gate with the, like the, the music and camera work really ratcheting up the tension in this first scene. Yes. (laughs) Um, (laughs) to the point that like, I was like, "Oh shit, are we gonna get into some real stuff in this movie? Like, is this gonna be like, <laughs> like a like a nail biter? Like you'll pay for the whole seat, but you're only gonna need the edge, sort of thing." Like, yeah, I I, I was really impressed with how effective the the camera work and, and music were 
Yeah, I, I think um, I think what he really excels at is kind of um, it's 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 a handheld camera and it's mostly steady, but he, there's that that feeling that there's just something outside of frame, and sometimes there is. Sometimes like the camera will drift down and you'll see something like a reflection or like a later on like the the closet door open or whatever. But it's it's all kind of you're kind of uncertain whether it's going to stay with them or not, because there's just enough movement where they're kind of out of center. And yeah, um, I, I I think that's really effective. And I, I also really like the, um, the, the musical select, like the, we'll we'll get into this a little bit because this, this does come back up again in this movie a few times. The, um, how they, they, they use the classic rock track here, this Dwight Tilly band song, um, (laughs) It as as kind of like a looping, it yeah, kind of sets on, the rhythm of a lot of scenes, yeah. yeah, um, which is really cool. And but um, we can we can touch back on this this scene a little bit later too. But I, I I'm 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 glad to hear that. Um, I I want to say one thing before about before we leave this part is that yeah. uh, you had the the guy and the girl, yeah. I I don't remember their names or even if they were st- stated in the movie. Um, well, they talk about his, his name's Eric Harson. He's a, he's a professor who's like shacked up with a student. And I don't, I don't think they say her name. Um, okay. Yeah, I, yeah. I remember them talking about how, you know, he had left his wife and was allegedly just kind of hanging out with this, this student of his. Um, and I, we have the, we have the first murders happen really quickly here. Uh, with the year next on the the window and everything, and the the girl she's walking through the house, uh, half naked. She pours herself a drink. You start seeing mm-hmm. the the motion sensor lights come on, uh, and like I said, the the music and the the camera work really amping up the tension. Yeah. And just tell, <laughs> I couldn't help but feel bad for her because how shitty would it be to have your last experience in life be a disappointing fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the 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 professor seems like uh, he seems kind of proud of of what he has done, but yeah, you definitely you definitely <laughs> get the sensation. He feels like he did the work. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's 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 our start. That's how we know that there's a a, a threat. Um, because as um the parents come in, they come in first. Um, it's uh Aubrey and Paul. Um they there's nobody else around except for this neighbor's house. And they, they, they there, that's how you find out who they are is, is Aubrey making yeah. a comment on it. But the, uh, the children start to show up, including um, first our, our main character, who's not one of the children um, are uh, Aaron um, with, yep. with, uh, with, with Crispian, her, um, her Crispian. boyfriend. Yes. Crispian. <laughs> All right. That's a name, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um they're they're the first to come in and uh they you know the the parents there's already some warning signs that like something might be going on at the house if the door is open the mom hears the noise upstairs um uh but but let's 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 wrap it up then we'll go back into the and, and discuss the, some of the more scenes in detail but the rest of the kids come you've got um Drake and Kelly Drake's like the the older brother played by Joe Swanberg who's like kind of a typical like rich needling asshole to to his yeah. siblings. Drake's um, a squat waffle. 
<laughs> you've got uh amy who's like the baby of the family and the only girl and um Tariq, her documentary filmmaker boyfriend um yeah. z who's kind of the uh, i'm sorry felix felix who's like the the black sheep with his girlfriend z um so you got these four kids that come up there they have a they spend a day together, have some family dysfunction. It's kind of like a this is where the the movie feels its most mumblecore, where there's a lot of dysfunctional family drama, and then they're attacked. Um, and as as people are picked off, um, you start to kind of realize that there's there's three different attackers all wearing masks that are targeting this family, um, and there's there's there might be something else going on. And Aaron, our main character immediately shows that she's very capable and she knows exactly how to handle the situation. And <laughs> well, I don't uh, know exactly how to handle this situation, but she's definitely a, she's more than willing to, to take charge yes. and seems to have some idea of what to do in emergency situations. Yeah. Like, so sure, um, she's, she's on top of uh, kind of giving orders and, and she's been someone who, you know, to this point uh, she's Australian, I think. Yes. Is, yeah. Yeah. And uh, that doesn't sit well with some of the other family members <laughs> who are racist against Australians. Well, no, they're to point out she's definitely not from their class. You know what I yeah, mean? Like, yeah. And um, especially kind of there's some scenes where like they're kind of communicating as like they're kind of needling her a little bit to her face, but also making comments when she's not around about like, right. oh, like a, that accent would drive me insane and that, that kind of stuff. But um, yes. the. Um, the, the the Aaron ends up fighting back and and by the end of that this movie everyone's pretty much dead or incapacitated um that's <laughs> that's that's yeah, kind of where not, we end up that's really a happy ending <laughs> I would say um so one one of the first things that I have written down here is are we gonna get a motivation for the killers or are they just nuts because like yeah. it doesn't seem like there's any connection between the neighbors and uh our main family here. This it's if, if there is one, I don't see it. And then it's, you know, yeah. there's, there's not, I'm, I'm, there's no connection. <laughs> there's no real tie. There's no reason for them to have killed the neighbors and then to come here. So I'm, I'm well, still I'm struggling to kind of think, think of why they, the they do kind of explain that a little bit. Um, so there's, there's a couple things going on there where, first of all, I don't necessarily know if they expected the neighbors to be there because, he left his wife and came up with this, this girl, but they're also in the middle of nowhere. And that's the only neighbor around. So I think there's the, there's the idea that they would not want somebody else that they could go and flee to for help or like, okay. Would provide more resistance. But I also think like what you end up finding out is that there is a, there's a plan, a plot going on by some of the family members to kill the rest for like an inheritance um, and that, um, part of the key to this plan is to make it look like a random attack. Yeah. And, I was, uh, I was initially pretty disappointed to find out that the motive was so boring, but at, after thinking, sitting with it for a little bit and thinking, I was like, oh, you know what? These shit birds are just the type of people that would do this shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you said that. Cause that was like my exact reason. I love this because I, I, I think the, these are people who are used to, everything just kind of going their way. And even, yeah. even if they're disappointed in stuff, like not recognizing their own entitlement and how much things in their life actually 
have gone their way. Right. They, they couldn't fucking conceive of this not going off. Not working. <laughs> and I will say, you know, there were some that were really obviously uh, pieces yeah. of crap. Um, and some that I – it took me a while to go, oh, you're not nice. You're <laughs> – and hurt too like i was on board for some of them at first yeah yeah i I mean i don't i mean out out of the 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 significant others in this family and the i I mean i think the parents are well-meaning but they're rich people who raised their kids and didn't really raise them well and they they raised raised these kind of a jerk (laughs) yeah this is this is part like Barbara Crampton plays Aubrey, the mother. She seemed fine. <laughs> Clearly, I mean, they, they yeah. hinted at her having some issues with like maybe substance abuse or something in her past. And she's kind of beyond that at this point, but still kind of nervous and kind of a wreck. But she seemed perfectly OK. Yeah, I, I kind of got like the impression I got from her is that she's a a very lovely person who's also like kind of entitled and kind of oblivious in some ways and um well, I mean, she's she's a part of this family so at the very least she's tolerant yes. of what what's going on well she even seems to be like during the dinner scene and I, I do want to get into the dinner scene and kind of talk about that a little bit more in depth but she seems to kind of be supporting and egging on drake a little bit who's kind of being like the biggest asshole at the dinner table right um He's the first son. He's the seems to be the the successful one. Yeah, the favored. Yeah, um, and I, I think she's also like there's there's the whole scene where um, you know, Aaron's trying to fit in, and she asks like if there's anything she can do to like help out, and I think like Aaron's kind of using this as like, oh, I would like to get to know you better and like right. do something with you, and the first thing she thinks of is like go get some milk from the neighbor, <laughs> like, right. leave, like leave. So I don't think, I don't think she's like, and again, I don't think the dad is really horrible either. I think he's actually like, has some pretty human and good reactions to a lot of stuff. But I think there's, there's also the scene with him where you kind of get a little bit, cause you find out uh, Crispian's kind of the mastermind of this later yeah. on. I mean, I spoilers, but we, we talk God every, every goddamn movie we talk about, we talk about the whole thing. So, um, you think, he has a scene with the dad where like the dad's asking like, Oh, did you get like, cause he's a, he's a professor. Did you get the fellowship? And, and, and Crispian's kind of saying like, well, Hey, that's like, it's really hard to get. And, and I haven't been really been published. And you know, that's, um, that's, that's kind of what they're looking for on this like fellowship. And the dad just kind of belittles him. He's just sort of like, well, yeah, not everybody. He kind of lowbrow low key cuts the legs off. Him. He's like, you know, there's people who get this that aren't published kind of saying, Maybe you're just not special enough. You're not doing enough. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I think that's kind of the, there's, there's that expectation of success. And I think they kind of undercut the kids that aren't as successful. And I, I think the, the, the daughter who's kind of just seems to be generally incompetent. They just kind of enable her. <laughs> yeah. I, I will say that um, they do a great job early on uh, making me kind of root for Crispy. And I'm, I'm in his corner early on. Yeah, and it's I, th- I think he's um I think he he's an interesting case of uh you know a quote unquote nice guy where you kind yeah. of see the he's not as outwardly terrible as like Drake or even like Felix just kind of comes off as sullen before you kind of before the attacks happen and before like um right you know that but but 
it's funny enough, Drake is the one, like, when the attacks happen, who's, like, actually sort of steps up and... No, yeah, he... Is he kind of doing the right thing sometimes. Like, <laughs> he didn't, like, completely redeem himself, but, you know, he has his little moment where he passes out from the pain, and when he comes back, when he comes to, and, like, some stuff has gone down, he, his first instinct is, I've got to go see if those people are okay. I, 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 I've got to make sure my brother's okay. I've got to make sure my wife is okay. Um, yeah, I can't leave them out there alone. Like his first instinct is to protect his family, which yeah, is admirable. If, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's it. I think it's a, it's a cool aspect. character. Yeah, a, a cool character beat thing to like because I, I think you would send me another text about like this movie being really quotable, and I think about eighty percent of what's quotable in this movie is just the shitty things that Drake says to everybody. <laughs> I, I have I have a couple Drake quotes written down. But there's there's quite a few I mean, towards the end it really really snowballs and there are like <laughs> scene after scene of just dialogue that I just want to write whole pages of exactly what they said because bananas. Um, I, I I think my favorite interaction is is between him and Tariq at the dinner when they're um when he's asking him the questions about being, uh, he's like, "Oh, like you're a, you're a filmmaker. What have what have you seen? Like, oh, I had something at the Cleveland Underground Film Festival. Oh, they show movies underground. Oh no, it's above it's above ground." <laughs> when he's needling him about how commercials can be documentaries too. Yeah, like that's that's why I watch TV is just for the for the commercials. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that he's like you can tell he's needling him on purpose just to be an asshole but his wife Kelly is just like oh no that's true I actually do like commercials more than, more than I like movies <laughs> alright um, we're, we're, we're gonna go like around and around and not actually get into any serious discussion yeah. here if we if we don't stop so let's you said you wanted to talk about the dinner scene let's talk about the yeah. dinner yeah so um, at that this is the all the families come you're, you're kind of getting a better sense of who these characters are. And I think for it being a, a shorter, well, it's like, I think it's like an eight or nine minute scene. I think it does a really good job of kind of establishing everybody's relationship and sort of, I mean, Drake kind of dominates it a little bit, but then yeah. he starts needling in on Crispian because Crispian is talking about right. how he and Aaron, um, you know, this... that, that, that she was a, a TA and that, they they decided to not you know basically she wasn't a TA for him anymore because they started right. having a romantic relationship. And, and, yeah, Crispian basically he he points out he's like you know we we started to develop feelings for other so we're we decided she wasn't going to be the TA anymore because that's not really professional. And Drake says you know it's unprofessional under his breath you know which is Crispian just said that he just acknowledged that it wasn't a professional. Well, thing. no, he said he said um because it was inappropriate. Well, yeah, and, inappropriate. And then, and then, and he then, said <laughs> indicating that he was doing the correct thing. He was taking the proper steps. He didn't want this to be unprofessional. He's like, if this yeah. is going to happen, we're going to do it like this instead of trying to carry on uh, yeah. a working relationship while this is happening. And you know, his, Drake is being an asshole. Tells him he's unprofessional. He's like, what? That, that's what Why you just said. said. Yeah, I just said that. <laughs> <laughs> and that. Uh, you know, and Aubrey is trying to like, oh, like we're we're having dinner, like please, you know, this 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 is a this is this is a dinner conversation, right? And, and, this, and Chris, this, like, Crispy is just like, saying, I'm having a fucking conversation with my brother. <laughs> this is immediately she she immediately jumps on Drake's side. She's she says, Crispy, yes. let's not do this. Like he's the one that started it, which is you know typical older brother brother privilege, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think this is a movie too. Like once you kind of know 
I don't think this rewards repeated viewings as much as like, say, a one cut of the dead does. But I think you do start to see a little bit of just how um, Felix, Z and Crispian are acting in some of these scenes where it, it betrays a little bit of like what they that they know something's coming <laughs> um, a little bit of like eye rolling a little bit of uh not being shocked by some of the events that happen yeah and like um but i, I think particular like particularly in this dinner scene like the um i, I kind of get the impression that like crispian doesn't normally stand up to drake like this right like uh like drake's making has been making like fat jokes about him and i i my my favorite fat joke is is coming up in the next scene, but um, the you know is is just been needling him pretty pretty much nonstop since since they got Typical there. Older brother stuff, but yeah, yeah. definitely being an asshole has an edge. And and at, at this point, I think because Crispian knows what's coming, he's just like, I'm never gonna get a chance to tell you this again. So fuck you. Like I'm well, well, I'm, I'm saying it. All the shit I'm never gonna get a chance to say, I'm gonna say now. Yeah, this dinner scene was like a was the first, like, up until then, like, there'd been hints of there being dysfunction and stuff there. Uh, this dinner scene is the first time I just kind of wrote down, this family's kind of shitty. <laughs> but then we get our, you know, the that also leads directly into them getting, starting the home invasion, starting the assault. Yeah, so, Tariq notices something out the window, and while Crispian and Drake are going back and forth with each other, he kind of stands yeah. up and like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> and then uh, he finds out. <laughs> he takes takes an arrow right in the head, uh, a, a bolt, and just kind of staggers around. And I I, I, I really like how this time for people to figure out that he got shot in the face. Yes, <laughs> I, I like that a lot. I like that there's that chaos there, and that like the chaos starts to kind of die down, and then the camera zooms so up. So self involved and so self absorbed that nothing yeah. else is important except for what they're discussing. And this guy's staggering around with a. An, a crossbow bolt in his forehead. Yeah. Like it takes them a good long while to get up out of their own asses long enough to say, Oh shit, something's happening. They don't notice yeah. the, the glass breaking or anything. Yeah. Um, so then that, that leads into this assault, which is um, they're, they're getting shot at with the crossbows. You don't know how many attackers there are at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, they're there. That seems to be like coming in fast and furious. Like some of them don't even know to get down and this is where you start to see a little bit too, like Aaron up to this point had been very like demure a little bit because she's a, you know, kind of comes from a. She wants to make a good impression on. Yeah. Like she's first time meeting him. She's she's doing appropriate girlfriend stuff at this point. Yeah. And like she's also you, you get the impression she also does not come from money. So she's right. kind of. She makes the comment to Crispian because they get there first. They're they're staying there that night. Like, oh, your parents are really nice, especially for people with money. And like mm-hmm. Crispian's like, well, I don't know about that. And like, you know, she's like, no, no, they 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 are like. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, she starts to like kind of take charge even here in this scene. She's telling everybody to get down. She like immediately formulates a plan for everybody to um try to get out by holding up a, a chair to use as a shield. To run out into the other room, like get away we're, from the we're windows. Missing, we're missing kind of an important piece here, where you know Tariq gets killed, but then almost immediately afterwards Drake gets shot right in the shoulder in the back. Oh yeah, the- he gets he gets he gets it like right between like the shoulder blades. Um, which I side note on this again, like in in my research, I, I look at a bunch of different stuff about the movie. I always end up like looking at like the IMDb and the Wikipedia and stuff, just kind of at least as a starting spot. Uh. IMDb, there was a review on there, and there was somebody that gave it like six stars. 
And the first two sentences are like, this is a great movie, full attention, really great performance, blah, blah. It's all like glowing. And I'm like, yeah. oh, six stars. And then I look down below and it's like, however, when Drake gets shot with this crossbow bolt, he would not have lived this long. This bolt is designed to kill people. It's like it would ravage your lungs and tear you inside out. Unrealistic. Like, oh, that's, <laughs> all right. That's a four star doc. Like, that's, you know, like, <laughs> Some people have their things like like, hey, look. All right. I like the the Chronicles of Riddick movie. I like I like Pitch Black. I like Chronicles of Riddick. Yeah. All the way up until the last twenty minutes, when they don't die from being on that planet with the sun, they're just hiding behind rocks. That really takes me out of it. Okay. <laughs> that would be at least four points. <laughs> it, it just that, that one just tickled me, and I don't, I don't mean to put exactly put that guy like on blast because there's all. Kinds of worse reviews out there of right. Of that is, it's the sort of a thing like <laughs> you're you're taking this way too seriously. <laughs> but this leads into I, I I love the scene that follows. This is like probably back to back like my two favorite scenes in this movie. Uh huh. Where, where discussing who could go run for help. <laughs> they're, they're trying to like again just to prove like how terrible this family is. Aaron's kind of like formulating and she's thinking about what they should do. And the family's screaming terrible ideas at each other, and they're just, they're like not listening to her at all. And they 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 eventually settle on that they need to like run for help, which which Aaron is completely against. <laughs> like, we should stay here. We should stay safe. Try to get you know message to the police and maybe yeah. hang up, sign out the window or something. <laughs> yeah, because their their phones aren't working. There's some sort of and again this is a tip of the hand of who who is at play where right. it's like. Oh, our phones aren't working, and, and Felix just like there are like cell phone jammers that you can buy online for thirty dollars, <laughs> leading to Drake's like, of course you'd know that you fucking scumbag. <laughs> yeah, when he said that, I was like, Jesus, Drake, I'm glad you got shot. Because <laughs> Felix is like, whoa, man, I'm just trying to help. <laughs> but they they eventually uh, there's an argument here between uh, Crispian and Drake about like who should run for who should run for help? And like Drake's bleeding out on the ground with the arrows back. Like I'm faster than you, you fat fuck. <laughs> right. He says, I'm the fastest, but I got this damn arrow in my shoulder. <laughs> and like, and Crispy is just like, well, good thing you run with your legs and not with your, with your shoulder. Right. Yeah. That, this, this particular scene and, and that line from, uh, from Drake is what really uh, set the tonal shift from being, Oh, this movie is going to be really intense too. Oh, we're gonna have yeah. some fun with this. <laughs> and I, I think this this next part is really fun because we get we get our number one fail daughter Amy, who's like shaken up by all this. Yeah, she's she wants... she's standing back there like she's at the starting line, shaking it all out like <laughs> the Olympics, hearing that starting pistol go. Yeah, and they're gonna they're gonna the, the plan is they're gonna get a, a a running start because the attackers won't expect them to be coming out at full speed, right? Uh, and just open the door. So she goes running as fast as she can, but there's piano wire strung like between the, right. the pillars outside yeah. the door Ugh. right as she gets outside and just a this is this is real rough. yeah this is this is probably like the the grossest thing in this movie is just that that you just, you just see uh-huh. it go into the throat and gurgle the, like yeah the the sound in the <laughs> it's just a it's a visceral reaction you're like oh. <laughs> I don't know exactly what that would feel like, but I can imagine what that would feel like because I've been dinged in the Adams album before. Yeah, yeah, um, just just crazy. Um, 
but yeah, that's the, I, I love these two scenes. I think that they, it, like you said, it, it represents kind of that shift in the movie. And I think this movie handles these two kind of jarring ideas of like the dysfunctional family dramedy and the, um, and, and, and the, the home invasion horror movie really well. I think it, it juggles those both. And I, one of the things I think is really key to it that, I don't understand why Sharni Vincent as Aaron, like why she has not been in more stuff. Like I was looking at her like filmography and she was in like one of the step up movies before this. Mm -hmm. And then she she did like two smaller budget horror movies after this. And I'm like, I would do, I would watch like a diehard series of, of her character in this, just getting in in fucking terrible situations. I definitely (laughs) feel like this, this should be, you know, if there were any justice, kind of a, a breakout role because she she shows a lot, a lot that you don't normally see from from women in film. Yeah, she's she's extremely capable, but it's like there's there's that there's kind of that switch where she's accessing a part of herself that like you find out her backstory is that um, she was basically taken by her dad. Yeah, her dad um, basically a survival nut just took her to the, the outback. outback and taught her how to fight and. and yeah, lived off the grid with like a bunch of other guys and was like, oh, we like we were in the outback and that was too populous for dad even like so we we went even further off the grid like and you can tell it's kind of like it's painful for her and it's coming up but it's like all that stuff is just in her bones and it's just it I I I I really like her as a final girl in this. I think she's a she's phenomenal in that role, and it's it's a it's she's probably like a top two or three final girl in in horror for me. Like that's right. um. So <laughs> I I can't argue. I haven't seen nearly as much as as you, but I I would say the I definitely would want to see more of her doing this sort of stuff or more of you know this sort of role being out there you know yeah i mean i'd love to see her do other stuff too but i think this is just a i think it would be a cool i that was kind of the the first time i saw this and i watched i was just like okay i I want this on a plane i want this like right (laughs) underwater station it's a real shame and kind of surprising for me to hear that she didn't really do nothing much for her has happened since this yeah, and I mean, I don't know. Like that, that could be like a choice on her part too. I don't, you know. I've, yeah, I'm I read sure. Yeah. And stuff, but um, if, if you know, if she's wanting that for herself and it didn't happen, I think that's kind of a tragedy. Um, but yeah, that's uh, is there what what other uh, I mean, do you want to talk a little bit about like who we find out our our killers are or what 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 their whole deal is or what's what do you what, what do you want to go to next? I didn't I didn't really want to go through scene by scene. Um, yeah, <laughs> because. Like every well, no, yeah. something yeah, we're I, talking about, but I do want to hit the scene right after this, um, where you know Amy dies, she bleeds out on the the rug because no one, yeah. like, her throat is just wrecked. There's nothing they can do, right in front of her mother and father. Uh, mom especially takes it hard, and they they take her upstairs to just kind of be away from it. To, I mean, she's inconsolable, and you're not going to calm down from it, but shouldn't have to look at it the whole time either. Yeah, so they, they kind put of her, they put her to bed. They put her in bed, and then there's a another tremendous uh, scene with camera work where she's crying on the bed. The the lights are out, and you have the wide shot of the room, and you just see an arm come out from under the bed, and a guy slowly start to crawl, and you realize, oh, she was right. There is someone in the house already. <laughs> yeah, and you'd, you'd already sort of 
I mean, there was the noise you heard upstairs and there's the scene where the, the dad goes up to investigate it and then like Crispian comes in and kind of gives him a jump scare. Yeah. Uh, where you realize that there was somebody who was in, in the that closet door. that he was about yeah. to open. Right. Um, yeah, I think this is. So were you kind of surprised? I know we, we kind of touched briefly on that you were surprised that um, Barbara Crampton didn't have as much to do in this movie. Were you kind of surprised that the, I, I had picked one for <laughs> for this topic where she gets off pretty, pretty early on? She's uh, she I, doesn't <laughs> thinking about it now. I mean, now that you're saying that. Sh- sure. <laughs> it, I wasn't thinking, why would he pick this as, as a, a movie with? Barbara Crampton, if she's going to be off like within the first 20 minutes of it, I, that wasn't crossing my mind then. <laughs> uh, but she she does get off here. I think it was more surprising to me that the killer was able to uh, write your next and big bloody letters on the wall and, you know, appropriately yeah. punctuate it and everything <laughs> with the family less than 30 seconds down the steps and then hide himself again perfectly. <laughs> Uh, I, yeah, and I, the funny thing is in this movie, I don't, I don't even think that's the craziest like time compression. Somebody able to do something crazy in a very short amount of time thing in this movie. I think, I think the the trap that Aaron sets up later, the axe trap on the door, right? It's like, like fuck you, you set that up that fast. <laughs> like, <laughs> no way. <laughs> um, I, in her defense, there. You don't know how long they were gone looking for her. <laughs> There's, you you yeah. know that they went a certain distance before one of them decided he was going to go back and check. Yeah. Um, but you don't know how long that if that could have been 15, 20 minutes. And I would say I would. Three buy. years. <laughs> Just come back and she's got a beard. But uh, yeah, that's that. I think that's. Um, I think there are a few things early on in this movie that kind of tip their hand a little bit as to what, where this movie ends up going as far as kind of tone. Um, cause it's not like, um, you know, you had mentioned like, oh, there's no reason for these attacks. Like either I don't understand why this is happening. And that's actually something like in home invasion movies that happens kind of frequently, like, 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 right. uh, funny games in particular, um, the strangers. I don't know if you've heard of that movie, if you've seen anything around it, sure, but like, yeah. It's it's kind of a similar idea where there's like a family at home and like masked people come in and like attack them, um, and they they ask them at one point like why are you doing this and the yeah. only explanation you're given is because you were home, um, right. so it's not that, unheard of in this genre for that to be the case. Well, that's fine. That, that but yeah. that did that is sort of like you know having that that's true in in life too basically yeah. like there's. Sell, like it's hard sometimes the shit just happens and there's no real explanation for it so that was something that was in my head watching this is when i asked that question is are we going to get motivation here is there is yeah. there a reason for this to happen or is it just these guys are crazy yeah um you know they're just they're just mercenaries you you, you find out they're uh at working least funny yeah they're they're working for this inheritance they're going to get once the once the rest of the family is killed off um and they they they're they're only referred to in the in, in the movie. I, I think they do say some names at one point. I think there's like a Craig and a Tom in there, but like in the credits and generally when people talk about them, they just talk about what mask they're wearing. Tiger so mask, uh, yeah. Mask and wolf mask. Uh, I think it's it's tiger, fox, and and sheep. Tiger or lamb, or, yeah. Okay. But um, 
Yeah, yeah well, we, get a, we get a nice little scare from uh, from Fox Mask here when everyone goes back downstairs except for Drake's wife, and she peeks under the bed and she sees the mask and sprints out of the house and just runs towards the neighbor. Yeah, yeah. She we, we get a I, we we get her um, running out of the house and I, I, again I I don't want to necessarily do the scene by scene in order, but I, I I do like the bit here where she runs out and Drake runs out after her and they they both know the piano wires there so they duck underneath it, but Drake's got the arrow in his yeah, back just and just like the arrow out oh, that, that <laughs> oh. and he immediately passes out from the pain. Well, he pulls out the arrow. Right, yeah, <laughs> like he yanks the arrow. This thing is, yeah, and then passes out. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess we can kind of get into... So Crispin goes out for the to check on the cars, too. And like so he and Kelly are both out there. And this is kind of where he comes back briefly to tell people that the cars are out. But then he's he disappears again for basically the rest of the movie. Yeah. That's, and, and again, I, I think this is a movie where, like, if, if you were like, oh, they had this whole, like, mystery element to it or motivation element to it and ends, it ended up being like really obvious like i almost sort of think that's the point again because I, I think these guys are just so, like you know we've we said before the, they're they're such schmucks that they're just okay, okay like the the person who goes away and you don't see again of course they come back at the end and they're like right part of the plan like i, I will say i will say that you know i had gone so far as to write my notes Man, Crispian's missing out on everything here. Like, <laughs> missing out on the reveals, he's missing out on everything. And then yeah. right about that time was I I kind of thought that he was still kind of a good guy, right up until the point where uh, you know, spoiler, Felix gets a blender shoved in his head and turned on. Because <laughs> <laughs> the kills just keep escalating. Oh yeah. Yeah, they 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 certainly do. That that one is is it probably the most unrealistic kill, like maybe in any of the movies we've seen so far, but I love it. I love it so much. It's so good. <laughs> Just the face he's making like, <laughs> all right. So, so we know, um, basically Aaron has proven herself as, you know, if you, <laughs> she's a person that if you come at her, you better not miss. <laughs> because yeah. She, yeah. uh, one of the, one of the killers comes in the house you know, in a kind of a quiet moment, and she, you know, he blindsides her, knocks her down, uh, and she manages to avoid getting hit by the axe he's got, clip him with a hammer in the knee, and then just beats his head into the ground. Yeah, and that's um, it, it kills him. It's, a little it's brutal. A little, a little, a little tradition we have on here that uh, we haven't really touched on, but that's uh, I, I believe that's defenestration number two in this movie, <laughs> where he throws he throws Kelly through. Jason God, Voorhees that, style. That doesn't count. <laughs> we counted it in, in Friday the 13th Part 4 when when uh, when Jason threw, uh, what's his face, the uh, Rob, Rob through the window. So I'm, I'm going to count it here. All right. Okay. We, we, <laughs> but there is another defenestration later where Aaron jumps out, and I did make yeah. a note of that and said, hey, this is kind of a thing in horror movies, huh? <laughs> and that's a very Texas Chainsaw one, too. Like that. Yeah. That she just immediately realizes there's no way where for her to go. She's cornered by fox mask and she yeah. just she fucking takes the 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 sally from from texas chainsaw immediate jump out the window and gets that shard of glass in her leg that's real nasty i, I think that's <laughs> that yeah that that her removing that is gross but i think i think uh this points to you know her training as survivalist like she doesn't yeah. freeze she sees that there is one way out it's not a great way but it's the way she's gonna survive yeah 
And, I, I, and some of the other things that seem like uh, came up a lot in, in her survival training would be throat punching. Yeah, <laughs> Which... yeah she, she levels a good one here later. <laughs> um, she, has, she has a couple of them. And then uh, the 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 boards, I, I do like the boards quite a bit. That's where it gets a little home alone-y. But um, you get that, 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 right. the, that, the that staggered layers of boards. Yes, that was immediately where I was like, oh, we're, we're in the home alone now. She's setting a booby trap for the... <laughs> Criminals trying to come in. Uh, so let's we're we're gonna end up going scene by scene if we don't do something yeah. to stop here. So we talked about how this movie's quotable. Uh, yeah. We talked about some of the quotes. Can you can you think of something in particular that is maybe your favorite quote from this movie? Um, the, I've got several that are real the, real good contenders. Real contenders. Um, yeah. I, I think that the, the the whole Drake conversation with Tariq is really high up there for me. The 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 him kneeling Crispian over the the fat stuff is 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 pretty high up there for me. But I, I think my number one is uh is why don't you fuck me next year, dead mother? That's... I want to be fucked on this <laughs> next year, dead mom. And then uh, this whole this this is like where I wrote down this dialogue is next level because his response is. Is why would you even say that? And she says, You never want to do anything interesting. Says, I don't think that's a fair criticism. <laughs> then fuck me on this bed next to your dead mom. <laughs> then Felix leaves, and then she has the scene where she's like the moment where she takes Barbara Crampton's Aubrey's ring off and puts it yeah. on. <laughs> that's two bananas. I also, Felix had a couple good ones here. Uh, when he does eventually kill Drake uh, by stabbing him oh, a whole yes. bunch with tools. And he's like, this is really hard please, for me. <laughs> would you please die already? This is hard enough for me. <laughs> and just what a like shit weasel he is once he's, when he's actually confronted by these mercenaries right. that he's hired. Like, like I, I, you know, that's my brother on the ground there. And unlike you, I liked my brother. Oh, I'll give you more money. <laughs> <laughs> I will also – Crispian had a couple good ones here. Uh, uh, the first one was – oh, no. Well, this this was Aaron. But Crispian sets it up. He says, where's Felix? And she says, I stuck a blender in his head and killed him. <laughs> I thought that was great. <laughs> and Z killed her too. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and then Crispian later in the conversation says – how are we supposed to know that you were really good at killing people? <laughs> Which oh, is kind it, of weird, by the way. <laughs> I love that he turns that back on her. Like, that's such a shitty thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a microaggression on, on his on his very large aggression scale. Right. But, yeah. <laughs> I, Which is really weird. Like, <laughs> you should really have that looked at. That's not, that's not normal. <laughs> But I, I I really appreciate that uh, that that whole speech of his at the end where he's like trying to tell her like hey like we came up with this plan and you were you weren't in danger like you were gonna we wanted to make sure that you live because it was you know the three of us it's our plan right. we needed somebody who's not in the family to what be a he, witness. What did he say it was important to me that you were not injured. <laughs> It was an important part of this plan. You were supposed to be the one who witnessed this that could say it was, yeah. you know, just random violence. Which, which is funny too, because that's like another thing that I, I, I was reading some criticism of this movie, and like people were saying, like, 
oh, well, that's, you know, he, he says that and what a, what a dumb plan that is. And I'm like, I don't really think that was part of his plan because, or if it was, it was not communicated well because they try to shoot her with an arrow nearly immediately. <laughs> like, yeah, she, she gets, uh, she gets grabbed through the kitchen window while she's, yeah, she gets grabbed and attacked there. She gets during even the the dinner scene, which is where they're first getting attacked. She's picks up a chair to use as a shield, and that chair gets an arrow through it. Like right. it's and you and they <laughs> made a point of watching several of the other family members go past. Now, granted, I don't think that the the person outside knew who was behind each chair, but if yeah. you're thinking about it, like all the rest of the family members made it out fine. That's the one he decided to take a shot at. Yeah, so that I I think that is is a complete layer of bullshit i think that that's and i think that's intentionally so i think that's 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 him just in this moment being like oh shit like she's killed five people at this point <laughs> right <laughs> and she's still standing <laughs> there's there's some there's some really gruesome stuff in here and uh, yeah. i mean there's some 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 really just graphic like it, it's it's weird because I, I say graphic but it's not like over the top like crazy you know what i mean yeah. but it's really like you have the like the throat getting slit and you just see the blood it's it's very um i don't want to use the word visceral again but i'm going to because that thor yeah. works <laughs> uh but i think out of everything in this movie the thing that gets me the most is when uh when lamb mask comes through the window and steps on the nail y- yeah <laughs> because i've had that happen to me before so that I really like I felt every inch of that nail going through his foot. Yeah. I, I also I, I love I love how that's set up where you know that sh- that they've been putting nails in the boards and putting them on the floor. But they right. haven't really shown like explicitly that she's doing like the two like the staggered layer. Yeah. She's got one further one out really close so they can't see it and one further away so that they're like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to step on that. So they just intentionally put their foot close to, to not step on it. Yes. And yeah, I, 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 I and and how that reveal is done is awesome, where it's like the they show the first board with nails in it and it's in focus. And then as he's starting to step through, the focus shifts to the one in the back. Yeah, <laughs> that was good stuff. Yeah, I think that's a, that's exceptionally well done. I, I, I enjoyed that quite a bit. Um, yeah, that that's. That's one of the rougher things in here. Um, I think there's one other, two other scenes I really want to uh, talk about, uh, and then okay. we kind of think about wrapping this up. Yeah. Because again, if not, we're just gonna keep talking about it because I <laughs> there's a lot. I don't, to it. I don't think that this is gonna surprise anyone at this point, but this is I, this is one that I'm buying. Like we're gonna say, is it sold or not sold? I'm I'm sold on this movie. I think okay. it's awesome. I, one. Uh, <laughs> But we have uh, this section, which I I have mentioned the Home Alone thing a couple times, but this is really where uh, Aaron comes back to the house. The killers are all here, and she listens to them kind of have a little argument about, you know, one of them, uh, his brother, is the one that she killed with a hammer, and they're having an argument. Yeah. Kind of get the get the the full story of Felix kind of setting it up for the inheritance and uh so now she she knows what's going on and she makes a noise or or something and they realize that she's there uh this is where we get a throat punch where they go to the curtain where she's hiding behind and she she throat punches wolf mask and kind of <laughs> limp runs out the door yeah 
Um, and then she doubles back and comes back in through a window that was broken through earlier mm-hmm. while they're trying to chase her. Uh, and so Felix and Z and uh, Fox Mask go off into the woods searching for her. Well, and- Lamb Mask is sees that there's another entrance and is going to stay back and yes wait. so yeah. she manages to take him out fox mask comes back uh saying look if she doubled back we're gonna you guys go check the road she she's limping she's hobbled she's not gonna go, go very fast you guys check that uh if you don't see her come back i'm gonna go back to the house and make sure she didn't double back on us and then we have the the scene in the basement which is the one i want to talk about yeah. where she sets up the camera strobe to to basically just trap this guy down there. She she lures him down, sets up the camera so it's disorienting. You basically have the strobe of the camera going off. It's a strobe light effect. She's broken all the other lights in the the basement, and she just lures him in and and beats him to death with a log. Yeah, and she she knows where he's gonna be because she knows the path he's taking in. She's hiding, and she can hear like hear the glass underfoot as he's like, uh-huh. walking in. So. As he's disoriented, she's able to just come out and fuck him up. <laughs> I, thought that, I thought that was really cool because, like you said, she set up so he's got one way to come in, and the strobe is just constantly going off and just super disorienting. Um, and I thought that was just a really cool scene. Yeah, it, it, the that that's that that's phenomenal. I I, I do like um if we, we want to kind of like hit on the deaths too. There's um Kelly ends up getting taken out. She goes to the neighbors because they're, they're the We've already had Aaron go to the neighbor once, and she just thinks there's nobody home. She can hear the music, but nobody's answering the door. Yeah, either they don't hear her or, or something. She's yeah, she's not too um, quiet. But um, when Kelly goes over there, she goes under the the back and sees is on the glass door and is able to see um, Eric, the the professor inside, and at first doesn't know why he's not answering. Eventually figures she, out it's because he's dead because upset. she gets she's upset by it. <laughs> she's like, yes. "Why are you mother?" <laughs> but she gets uh, she gets our first defenestration here. So there's there's three total in this movie, but she gets she gets chucked through this window. Okay, this is I thought you were talking about when he threw her body through the window back at the house. Well, but both. this, sure, this both. I think definitely does count. Yeah, but, although it is a fenestration, he throws her in. But All um, right. but a real real uh crazy one here where he like knocks her down and then just puts a foot on her head and just golf swings an axe into her head <laughs> and then just sit down on the couch just like ah oh, this is <laughs> creepy this, is, <laughs> this his performance here made me appreciate eric rowan so much <laughs> our, our, our wyatt family connection yes <laughs> yeah there's there's the definitely strong i i, I think i think uh the, the whoever wrote for the wyatts in wwe saw this movie because that's right it's, very very much base basically that and i'm not even you know i'm not even that big of a fan of wrestling right now uh yeah i have been for a long time but yeah there's (laughs) a lot of shitty stuff going on i haven't watched in a long time but but this scene in particular is just like oh that's what they were going for because i didn't (laughs) it was creepy when i saw it on on the show but you know i didn't have the context it's clearly what they were drawing from um one thing I, I do want to touch on real quick is that the um, the writer of the movie who's written with um, with Adam Wingard a couple of times, Simon Barrett, mm-hmm. plays played um, uh, Tiger Mask. So he's he's the first one that's killed off. That's that's the writer. OK, um, but uh, <laughs> like and he, he's kind of talked about like 
those home invasion movies. Um, and he said like one that wasn't an obvious influence on him. And, and this is one I, I do want to get to, too, because we, we watched Block Sunday. You weren't a big fan of it, but Mario Bava made a lot of different kinds of movies and he made uh, one called um, Bay of Blood or uh, Twitch of the Twitch of the Death Nerve. There's, again, it has two different names. Um, <laughs> and this it's it's very similar to this in a lot of ways where there's kind of like like the twist and turns of sort of wealthy people getting slasher movied off. Um, right. But yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty fun one. Um, right. so Z, Z, one. Z gets that knife on her dome. That's uh <laughs> she does. Yeah. There was, there was, I, I'll, we'll, I'm going to get there because there was one more scene that I wanted to talk about specifically, sure. basically the very last scene, but uh, you know, we'll, I'll go through the, what leads up to it. You know, she she takes out um yeah basically the last two scenes of the movie are the ones I wanted like I thought were yeah really cool uh she takes out uh fox mask in the basement with the strobe lights um and then Felix and Z come back you know they didn't see her so they're coming back to to reconnect uh and they they fox had given them the crossbow, crossbow. And, yeah um, and, and Felix grabbed the knife out of the car too right. And so they see her, they see Aaron in the house. I think this is, she had set up the, the axe beforehand, the, the axe trap. Yeah. But they see her in the house and, you know, Felix takes aim and he shoots and he misses and she, she runs. I don't, he, he does miss, right? He doesn't hit her and just like. Yeah, I, I think he misses and she kind of like uses that opportunity to like kind of act like she's hit and duck yeah. out and get out of there. <laughs> because he was ah felix is so comically inept in this part it's great <laughs> such a turd um he's like what the fuck i hit her right <laughs> all right so that, this leads into the the confrontation in the kitchen where he gets the blender to the head and z gets the knife in the dome i, um, I think another just I, I have to call out a, a great hilarious moment here is that <laughs> with the, the oil with the, <laughs> with the i thought it was like a soup like a like there was a a pot that was on the the pit, the stove that was boiling at one point, but it no longer is. Yeah, they made sure they made sure to show it the first time they came into the kitchen that this pot was boiling, but it's been like two hours since then. So, <laughs> and she throws it on him. He's like, it's not even hot, and then immediately slips in it. <laughs> and then she just starts beating the fuck out of them with a pan. <laughs> that was great. That was that was really really good. I forgot about that. Thanks. <laughs> but at this point, we I think at this point we've kind of seen that. Um, maybe the police are coming. Like yes. so it, she had, she had, well, that's how she gets, she gets right, found her, out. Yeah. Yeah. She got found out behind the curtain because her, her service came back on. Um, and she sent out a nine one one call Yes, while she was, while she was back there. So we know the police are coming and she just like, there's so many dead bodies around and she's, she's just viciously killed Felix and Z. And I, I was thinking to myself, I wrote down here, how the fuck do you explain this to the police? Because everyone who could explain what happened is dead. And then, and then Crispin comes back and he kind of has a little monologue. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, you know, hey, this, this can still work out. It's a lot of money. It, this is, I love this part too. When he's trying to convince her to go along with what's his initial <laughs> plan, you know, he's going to have all this money now. He, and and we know that proposes to her. We know that <laughs> right. We know that this is a lot of money because they're yeah. offering to pay the the killers like eight hundred thousand like, dollars. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So he he offers to pay her 
like what, like like fifty thousand or something like that. Like Five hundred. Five hundred. Just. Yeah. But we know it's so much more money that they're getting. Yeah. Like, and Crispian's just such a douche lord at the end, <laughs> just throwing her this like this pittance to to maybe get her to, to shut up. And oh, that was so good. All right, so. But then she also talking, like, talking to she, yeah. and she's so mad. She's just furious, and she just stabs him in the neck. And I just I wrote down, oh, so that well, that was just murder. <laughs> I mean, he deserved it, but that was not self defense. She just killed that guy. And then of course the police have shown up, and she gets shot. Yeah, uh, but I, I do not, love. Not lethally, but just 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 knocked down. Uh, and the police. This is the scene I want to talk about. The police officer goes back to the car, and he's visibly <laughs> shaken up because what he saw through that window was. I mean, insane. That's the only word you can use for it, is insane. Yeah. Uh, and he's he's calling us that we need help, we need ambulances, blah, blah, blah. And he, you can see he's just like shaking and just a nervous wreck. And he chooses to go back into the house. And as soon as he turned away, I was like, don't go in the front door. <laughs> and that's the end of the movie is the axe swinging down. <laughs> <laughs> What's the, you know, the, the, the whole Shakespeare thing was, uh, in a, in a comedy, everyone ends uh, married. In a tragedy, everyone ends dead. So in this just, one, everyone's... I'm happy that, it, that this was actually a Chekhov's axe. <laughs> <laughs> and it was introduced and actually used. <laughs> I thought for a second that we weren't going to see it because no one came in the front door. But then uh, they got me. I, 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 I did love, too, the, the line, like, she stabs Crispian in the neck. And Crispian's like, why? And she's like, why the fuck not? <laughs> He um, just killed everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we get into like the the wrap up and like the business end stuff, there's a, there's a, f- a few of the minor details I do have to hit on. First of all, I, I talked said that we'd kind of get back to it, but I, I do want to reiterate again, like I had never heard or I, maybe I had heard this song that plays throughout that's at, at the neighbor's house, yes. the Dwight Tilly band, um, uh, feel the ma- looking for the magic. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a fucking great song. <laughs> and it's 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 really good and like i after i saw it i i, I added this to some playlists and stuff it's um but they also said like they they were looking for cl- like a classic rock song they know they wanted to use but they um they didn't have a lot of money to spend on rights they, they couldn't like buy Led Zeppelin right. or something so um this was like among one of the first ones that like the one of the people they were working with sent to them as an idea. They kind of, they, they worked with this guy to like get it. And I, I, I think it's an awesome tune and they end up kind of like using it to really great effect in this movie. It's like, yeah, a, they, they hit it several times and it's, it's, it's perfect for every time that they use it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, it's a good one. And it's, um, uh, I, I recommend even if, you know, maybe for the folks who haven't, who don't want to who want to listen to us talk, but don't want to watch this movie. Seek that song out. It's really good. Yeah. Um, we we do also have, and I, I have to touch on it. Um, I don't think I like it quite as much as the the portrait that's in Ginger Snaps, but the portrait they show of the oh, family. The family portrait. The oh, family. Mwah, like just yeah. <laughs> just phenomenal. It, this yeah, this is this <laughs> not the same league as the stuff the one in Ginger Snaps, but. Yeah, just the the parents sitting on the couch looking like regal and their children behind them standing like one shoulder closer hand on the on the couch like right just curious like, but it just makes them look like dipshits like, yeah, it's like who does this what how is this a thing um 
kind of trying to think of any of the other like uh, smaller stuff I want to kind of talk about this, but I think I, I think I just run. There's a lot. This movie, there's so much going on in this movie. Uh, yeah. If you haven't seen it, go go see it. Uh, we I, we talked about a lot of it, but there's still more. Yeah, there's a lot of. Um, I mean, it, it's we didn't go into kind of just how some of the tension works in here and stuff too, and like how I think the scenes that are comical are great and the action scenes are great. I think the the opening bit where you kind of don't know what's going on yet and that it's really effective um, mm-hmm. suspense filmmaking. I think it's 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 genuinely unsettling and scary. And I think it, that right up until the family dinner, I would say it's it's it feels very much like that's yeah. that's where the tone kind of shifts. Yeah, uh, but it's it's pretty effective. And it, I mean, we did talk about it. <laughs> I feel like maybe <laughs> we didn't we didn't hit it hard enough because it deserves to be talked about more. But there's. There's so much fun stuff to talk about here. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I seek it out. I think this is a um, this is one that uh, if you if you enjoy this kind of thing and if, if the if the violence isn't completely off putting to you, I, I I I put a pretty firm guarantee you'll enjoy it. Yeah. Um. I I agree. Um. So let's let's uh, talk about our our how we're gonna wrap up this summer in the Cramptons. Are you ready for that? Wait, you, you don't want to throw a crispy out here. Uh, well, yeah, let's do that. Let's throw out the crispy. I think, um, I think I know, who one, I know who I'm throwing it to. I think we might be, I have a feeling we might have sync up on this one. I, don't, I feel like we don't sync up that often, but I think we're going to sync up here. I've got to give it to, uh, Joe Swanberg as, as Drake. I, I, oh man. I, I, I fucking, I fucking close. love Drake. <laughs> I think Drake is tremendous. I'm giving it to Felix. I loved how slimy this little shit was. <laughs> <laughs> he really came in his own in the back half of this movie like from from yeah. <laughs> from confronting fox mask about killing his dad like you really had to do that right in front of me <laughs> he's stabbing his brother to death to, to just horribly being inept trying to kill aaron i, I oh man felix was great i no, i'm nothing against drake because drake was he was the first part of this movie that made me realize what this movie was going to be but <laughs> Felix for me all the way. Okay. Um, so uh, let, let's, yeah, let's, let's, let's wrap up this summer in the Cramptons. We're going to go on, we're going to go a uh, couple years later. We're going to um, watch uh, the Ted Gagan movie. Uh, we are still here. So um, we've seen a kind of a, a, a Lovecraft movie um, featuring uh, Barbara Crampton. We've seen a, a home invasion movie featuring Barbara Crampton. This is a Lovecraftian home invasion movie starring Barbara Crampton. So um, it's 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 a it's it's a fun one. We're getting the whole the whole spectrum. <laughs> Her whole repertoire um, will be on display in this movie. But I, I, I think this is one that um, this might be my favorite performance of hers. I think this is a um, there's a lot going on here. I look forward to talking um, with you about it. It's, it's, I know it's on prime right now um, okay. for, for free. Um, yeah, that's, that's what we're going to, we're, we're going to do for next time. It's a, awesome. it's, it's a pretty cool flick. So um, yeah. The, business it, time. It's, it's business time. Uh, business time is we are on Twitter at, uh, at scream selling. We are on Facebook. We have a, a, a selling scream 
group, you can you can reach out to us, join under that. Um, email is at sellingscream at gmail. And uh, I implore you once again, if you if you listen to anything, if you enjoyed um, what we've had to say, if uh, you know, we helped kill some time for you, um, if you can head over to iTunes and rate and review us, that is a a huge help for us. Um, uh, again. Uh, if, if it's, if it's a bad review, um, really what they want you to do, this is just like lock that in a treasure chest and then, uh, just time capsule it. Um, cause they collect those 20 years later, um, just to save them for prosperity. For, I, I know for it posterity. sounds weird. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's what they do. It's, <laughs> look it up. But yeah, that's, uh, if that's, if that's all you got. I think that's, uh, that's all I have. Oh, yeah, that's all I have. I think, I think we, uh, we could have talked this one into the ground a little more, but uh, I, I think we should leave it where it is so there's something for people to enjoy on their yeah. own. Yeah, just uh, seek it out. It's a it's a good one and, and come back with us next time as we uh, wrap up with one of my one of my favorite genre actors and uh, and talk about talk about our third Barbara Crampton movie. Can't wait, because they've yeah. been good so far. Yeah, let's 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 do it. Alright. See you next time. See ya. Bye. Oh, thank you.